Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Linda and I do a lot of traveling in the East. We see this routinely. These are Buddhists who are kneeling and bowing before their God. Well, who is their God? Well, in this particular case, you can just see it. It's a stone statue. It's a Buddha of some type carved into the the stone. And they'll cry and they'll take their incense and they'll just kneel in worship of a stone that can't do anything. Sometimes we see pictures or videos that show men or women bowing to an idol or in reverence to the God they serve. Knowing that they're serving false gods, we often feel a sense of pity for them. Maybe we say a prayer, asking God to open their eyes. What we miss, though, is the reverence they show to their God. Pastor Mark, teaching from Philippians, reminds us that at the end of the age, every knee will bow to Jesus. Because we have a unique relationship with our God, it's easy to lose sight of His majesty. One day, though, we'll understand better who we serve, and we will bow before Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 2 of his message, The Name of Jesus, Confess and Bow. How many names do we have for Jesus in the Bible? Oh, there's all kinds of names. Let me just give you some of them and you can begin thinking as I give you these names of how that fits into your life. Jesus is known as Emmanuel, God with us. He's known as Wonderful Counselor. He's known as the Prince of Peace. Jesus is known as the Ancient of Days. Why? Because he's always been here. Jesus is known as the Door. He's known as the Word. He's known as the Light of the World. He's known as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's known as the Bread of Life. He's known as the Water of Life. But in heaven, when he went back, God gave him a new name. And it's a name we want to really learn today. His new name is Lord, or the Greek of it, Kurios. So I want you to write this down. And I put the Greek in there because you need to understand that when you go through the scripture, it will help you. The new name that he got was Lord, Kurios. What does that mean? It means the owner, the owner of the world. The master, the master of the whole world, he has all authority. And to make it personal, the one who has control of the person. So God gave Jesus a name when he went back to heaven. That means he's the Lord of heaven and earth. 
Lord describes his nature. And notice it's the name. So that places him above all other names. There's no name with that authority. Now, interesting, this name, the Lord, Kurios, is the New Testament synonym for an Old Testament description of God's name, Yahweh, which means sovereign ruler. So, you're going to see in a moment that Paul puts Yahweh and Kurios together. The whole proof to say that Jesus is God. Kurios. He's the master of all life. Jesus is God. And because of his exaltation, because he's over everything, a name higher than any name, he's the owner, he's the master, he's the ruler of the universe. What's the outcome of that? Look at verse 10. That at the name, or because of that name, the name of Jesus, two things will happen. Watch it. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every knee shall bow. In America, we're not too much into bowing, bowing our knees, submission, worship, honor. It's not part of our culture. If you come from England and the queen comes by, everybody bows. But lots of the world bows. In fact, the Bible in the Old Testament is filled with people bowing before God. We've just lost the habit. How important is bowing? Oh, it's very important because it signifies something. Linda and I do a lot of traveling in the East. We see this routinely. These are Buddhists who are kneeling and bowing before their God. Well, who is their God? Well, in this particular case, You can just see it. It's a stone statue. It's a Buddha of some type carved into the the stone. And they'll cry and they'll take their incense and they'll just kneel in worship of a stone that can't do anything. But they're not ashamed to kneel. You'll see everybody kneel. And if I go to India and take you with me, we'll walk down the street and every few blocks there'll be a shrine Because Indians have more than 300 million gods. And they will take their incense and their fruit. And and it doesn't matter who's watching. They'll kneel right down before that idol that can't do a thing for them. And they will worship that idol. But in America, we're a little too proud to kneel. Because we can do life ourselves. The second largest religion in the world is this one. Islam. 20 years ago was an uncommon picture. Today, (laughs) very common. In fact, in a few years at the spot of 9-11, amazingly, it'll be very common. Now, do you think they're embarrassed doing this? Oh, they're not embarrassed. Very often I'm in those countries where there's Muslims. And I've seen it many times. You drive around the road and you see somebody stop their car. The sound just went off. It's the time of prayer. There are five times of prayer during the day. What do they do? Gets out of the car, opens the trunk, 
gets the prayer rug out, throws the prayer rug down. Doesn't matter who's watching. In America, <whistles> praise God. Well, I was 40 minutes late for worship. Doesn't matter. Am I right? But this verse says every knee will bow. You see, we don't have respect for God. He's just somebody we add to our weekly schedule if it fits. That's not true there. This next picture is a picture I love. Because this is a picture of young Christian people worshiping. Oh, don't get me wrong today. It's not about the knees bowing. Because Jesus said, You worship me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. You see, it's not just about kneeling or raising our hands. Some of you raised your hands today, and it was just an exercise because somebody else did it. There's not a thing that related in our hearts. Of course, that's true in the other parts of the world. They're doing their religious deal and thinking about a million other things. But Jesus says there's coming a day when how many knees, tell me, how many? Hmm, every. Not the Buddha. Not to a Hindu God. Not to Allah, who isn't even a God. But to the true God. Write the definition of this bow down because I think it's good for us to do it. At the name of Jesus, this will happen. Not at the name of anything else. Bow, bend in submission. What does that mean? I want your will, God. I recognize who you are and you're worthy to be worshipped. We bow in worship, in honor of Jesus. You see, the way up is always down. Now, how does that happen and when does it happen? Let's dissect it very quickly. Look at verse 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow three places. In heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. All right, look at me. Let's get it right. Who in heaven right now is worshiping, is bowing their knee? Who in heaven is worshiping? Two things. One, angels. Angels are in heaven. They're kneeling and they're worshiping God right now. Who else is in heaven? Kneeling and bowing and worshiping God. Right now, who's there? Any of you have relatives that died that were Christians and they've gone to heaven? Any of you? Let me see your hands. What are they doing up there? They're worshiping the Lord. Why would they be worshiping the Lord? Well, when we get there, we'll finally get it. How do I get to heaven? One way, Jesus. And when I get there, I'm going to go, my goodness, it's true. He is the name above all other names. I couldn't get here because I was good enough. I was a member of Calvary Chapel. That did nothing. You're exactly right. And with that comes submission and true heartfelt worship. So right now, in heaven, Christians who have died and gone to heaven in the Lord, they're worshiping in angels. What's the next thing? Look at your verse. What's the next knee that's going to bow? Where? Where? On the, on the where? Anybody here on the earth? Hello? Anybody here on the earth? Everybody's here on the earth. So what does that mean? We should be doing that what? Right now. We should be practicing right now. I mean, the foreign gods do it. 
The worldly people do it. Why aren't we doing it? Now, you're not going to come every week and we're going to bow. Because some of you were raised in a church where you bowed four, five, six times a day. I mean, in a service. And many of you was good, but some of you pretty soon, it was just like we do. It was just like part of the deal. Okay, it's time to bow. Let's get on and bow. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about from my heart. See, I can be standing and bowing. You get it? I can be standing and bowing. So, right now, around the world, we should be doing that. We should be in submission. We should be in worship to the name that's higher than any other name. Number three, what's the third one? Take a look. So, above the earth, heaven. On the earth, right where we are now. And below the earth. What's below the earth? It's hell. All right. Who's in hell today? That one day, their knee will bow. Who's in hell today? No, Satan's not in hell yet. Plenty of demons are. They're there. Fallen angels. They're there. They will bow one day. Who else is in hell right now? This is a tough one. Yeah, we might say Hitler and some of the, you know, which is true. All these really horrible people. But who else is in hell? Any person who has died who has not accepted Jesus Christ. Oh, they're in hell today. They're waiting till hell is emptied out into the lake of fire. But what will happen to them one day? They will kneel. And not only that, you'll see in a moment, they're going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, the trouble we have right now on this earth is many of us that call ourselves Christians, we have all kind of other gods. And we're going to talk about that. We have gods of money, power, and pleasure. And very often, we don't really bow down to that. But one day, listen to this statement, because this is what this verse 10 says. In the future, every person ever born will bow down to Jesus, the one Lord of the world. And you don't need to write this, but you must answer the question. And here's the question. Will you bow willingly? Or unwillingly? There isn't a greater question to ask yourself. You see, those people that made fun of the name of Jesus, laughed at Jesus, you're a friend of sinners, you're from Satan, some of the Jews said to Jesus, oh, one day, they will have to admit they're wrong, and they will bow to who Jesus really was, the Son of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, it's not only bowing, but look at verse 11. And every tongue will confess. That word confess means to say the same thing, to acknowledge openly. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is, what's that word? And what's it in the Greek? Come on, this is the Greek you're going to learn today. Kurios, which means what? Owner, boss, head of the whole world, reigns. So one day every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What is Paul doing there? It's very interesting. In verse 10 and 11, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament... Isaiah is talking, and God is there. God the Father. Yahweh is his name in the Old Testament. Notice what he says. 
let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God, Yahweh, and there is no other. I have sworn by my own name, Yahweh, God, which means I am. I am everything I need to be. I am before anything was, I am. I have spoken the truth and I will never go back on my word. Notice what God says. Every knee will bend to me and every tongue will confess allegiance to me. So in Isaiah, it is Yahweh, God's name, that all knees will bow and all tongues confess. In Philippians, Paul says it's to Jesus, all knees will bow and all tongues will confess. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying that Jesus is God. Do you get it? Jesus is God. There is no name higher than Yahweh God, and Jesus has that name. In fact, Jesus is indeed God. Now that was a amazingly difficult revelation for Paul. Because Jews, even to this day, Jews that are believers in God, and most Jews don't even believe in God, but Jews that do believe in God, they believe in one God. They don't believe in the Trinity. That was who Paul was. Now turn with me, keep your finger there, we'll be right back. Turn with me to Acts chapter 9, quickly. Acts chapter 9. Paul was a, believed in monotheism. One God. Didn't, didn't believe in Jesus, certainly didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. And uh, as a Jew, he hated Christians. He hated Jesus. He didn't even believe Je- Jesus was a total farce. He's a man, they crucified him, praise God, he's dead. And remember at Stephen's death, he held his coat. Kill the guy, he's a, he's a false prophet. And then one day on the way to Damascus, Paul was riding with his entourage and a light shone from heaven. Knocked him off his animal. And a voice began to talk to Paul, who was named Saul at the time. Look at verse, chapter 9, verse 5. And notice the word, Lord. Saul says, Who are you, Lord? Capital letters, curios. Because why is he already kind of getting this feeling? Because who is he talking to? Someone from heaven. It's not somebody next door. It's somebody from heaven. He just got knocked off his horse. He's blinded. Who are you, Lord? And look at the response. You got the name right. I'm Jesus, who you are persecuting. Now, that was a revelation that Paul couldn't ever have imagined. He discovers that God is God the Father, God the Son, And later he'll discover God the Holy Spirit. In other words, God did have a son. And Jesus was the Messiah that was to come. And he missed it. How quickly can he change his mindset? Look at verse 6. I'll read it in the New King James. So he, trembling and astonished, no kidding. Notice what he says. What's the word? Lord, what do you want me to do. You see, Saul now got it. Jesus was God. He is Curios. He's the owner. He's the owner of Paul. He's the one that has a name above all names. And he all of a sudden gets his revelation that this name Jesus which was filled with all kinds of Old Testament meetings, Joshua, meaning Savior, he finally gets it. And the rest of his life, Paul begins talking about the names of Jesus, including where we are right here 
in Philippians. But Paul would eventually have to go back to the book of Matthew. And I want you to see, I want you to write this down today. It was not only that Jesus' name is Curios, Lord, owner, but Jesus had another name. Before Jesus was born, there was a definition of Jesus. His name really means the Lord saves, or it means off of the Joshua, the Old Testament, Jehovah's salvation, the Lord saves. Where did that come from? Look at Matthew one twenty one. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Well, what did that name mean? Because he will save his people from their sins. Now, I'm going to read something to you in a moment. Let me have all your attention. Kind of clear your thought for a moment. Now, turn to your neighbor right now and say, this next key is very important. Go ahead, just turn to your neighbor and tell him, this next key is very important. Now, many people today want Jesus as their Savior, but they don't want Jesus as their Lord. I want you to listen to Adrian Rogers. Have you ever thought that salvation was like a cafeteria where you can pick and choose the aspects of Jesus who you want? I'll have a little saviorhood, please. But no thank you on the lordship. In other words, I want to get saved. I want to go to heaven. But I'm not turning my life over to this guy. Not a chance. Just a little saviorhood, please. He goes on. If Jesus is not your Lord, Jesus is not your Savior. What's the difference? Well, suppose I perform a wedding ceremony, and I say to the young man standing at the altar, would you take Mary to be your lawful wedded wife? And he responds, yes, I'll take Mary as my housekeeper. (laughs) By the way, you think there's trouble coming in this marriage? You think there's trouble coming? Yeah, right. And then he, and he, and he turns to Mary and he says, will you take John to be your lawful wedded husband? And she says, absolutely. I'll take him as my provider. There's more trouble coming. If I was counseling that couple, they're not getting married. Because it doesn't work that way. Listen to Adrian. Friends, we can't pick and choose what we want from Jesus. We must take Jesus as Lord over all our life. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. You're close by, about four books back. Matthew chapter 7. You say, Pastor Mark, why did you say, turn to your neighbor and say, this is like very important? Here's why. Literally today, there are millions of people who sit in our churches who call themselves Christians But they're not. They practice religious activities. They go through the motions of religion. They've gone to an altar. But they're deceiving themselves. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded us that there is coming a time when every person in the history of mankind will bow the knee to Jesus and acknowledge Him as Lord. We were told we needed to search our hearts and bow in submission on this side of death. The alternative is to bow in final humiliation prior to the last judgment and an eternity in hell. 
We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll wrap up the message, the name of Jesus, confess and vow. Pastor Mark will teach us about the name of Jesus and its importance to our lives. We'll hear what scripture says about the name of Jesus and its role in salvation and in healing. We will be challenged to embrace the power in the name of Jesus that is available to us for successful living as a Christ follower. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.